0: He told yeah. me he had a buyer in like the next day. Yeah.
1: yeah. So
0: I was like, okay, you got okay, it then. sweet.
1: Go ahead. But first, let's find out a little bit about you. You live in New York and you're doing virtually Tennessee, correct? Yeah. Okay. So tell us about that. What's your, what's your journey been like so far? When did you get started? Uh, when did you start to actively make offers? And how long until you got that first deal? What was that beginning process like for you?
0: Yeah, so I mean, the beginning is always tough, um, especially because I'm from New York. So I always tried to do deals out here. And then, you know, I got hit by a train because I realized that, you know, doing deals out here is so different from everywhere else. It's like you need at least 30,000 just to put earnest money here in New York. So it's York. nearly impossible. So I immediately uh-huh. left New York. Just where I'm working, I'm not working in New York, but I am living here. So I went to New Jersey because that's, you know, our neighbor right here, New Jersey. So I started trying to do deals out in Jersey. Um, I didn't really have good results with Jersey. So I started just kind of moving around a little bit and I went to Tennessee. It was just a random state that I just picked. I'm like, you know what? It's been like three months, four months. I was getting no results from Jersey. So I just moved out to Tennessee. I just started placing marketing out there. And then, you know, I was first calling, but it was just very slow. So I stopped calling. Then I started getting into texting and I wasn't really good at, you know, texting as the way I am now with tracking. Everything is insane. But back then I wasn't really that good. So I just went to Jersey. I went from Jersey to Tennessee. Then in Tennessee, I started kind of getting into Nashville, getting into like Memphis, kind of seeing which one really. And then I, I finally hit gold. You know, I finally found the market that works for me and I've just been there ever since.
1: And when was that, that you, that you kind of tapped into the Tennessee market? How long ago? I think that was about a year ago. Okay. Yeah. About a year ago. Now, did you move there or are you still in New York? No, I'm still in New York. All my family's here. So you're all virtual. You're doing it all long distance.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent.
1: Okay. Well, that's fascinating. And you have had most of your success with uh, text marketing, correct?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Okay. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about that as well. Maybe you can share some of the things that are working for you right now. And you've got a partner and your are yeah. doing Dispo and you're doing acquisitions. Is that how you guys are working?
0: Yep. That's exactly okay. how we're working. At first we were doing 50, 50, but then I realized, you know, my marketing costs are way too high for me to be splitting like that. So now we're doing 60, 40, which is way better for me. Okay. 60 and meaning
1: when you wholesale at the assignment fee, you get 60%, the dispo gets
0: 40%. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Cause he does
0: all the walkthroughs. He walks the buyers. He sends out, he deals with all the dispositions. So as soon he as I bl- find a deal, I pass it to him and I'm able to just keep looking for more deals.
1: Nice. And he's local then. Yeah, yeah, he's local. Okay, so he's local, he builds the cash buyer network, walks properties, shows them houses, handles the assignment, handles the closing. Mm-hmm. You basically are handing off the baton once you get a contract with the seller.
0: Yep, yep, that's okay. exactly what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, and that's a very common uh business model. In fact, it can be very effective if you have the right, you know, partnership and relationship so you've got this deal that you did in, in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and yeah. ho- home run wholesale deal, right? Because to me, anytime you can break the 20000 price point on a wholesale, that's fantastic, right? That's just a, such a win. And um, so let's talk about this deal. Tell us first how, where you got that lead and how you got to the contract with the seller on that one.
0: Okay, so this one was actually, I think, my second deal that I closed. Because this deal is pretty old. But what I really liked about this deal is that I was brand new. So I was just I just wanted to get a deal. So I had already closed my first one. So I wanted to close another one. And I had just the rush. I just wanted to close one. And I didn't want to do calling because calling was so slow. So then I'm like, let me just start doing texting. And I wasn't doing anything advanced. I was just simply buying a bunch of lists putting them into um, texting and just sending it off one by one by one. And I was doing that for about 30 days. Mm -hmm. Every single day, I would wake up early, send out my Mm -hmm. messages and just hustle for like eight hours a day. I was just responding to messages. Just me, no VAs, no team, (laughs) just me going back and forth, getting cursed out, removing people, (laughs) following up. And what kind of
1: lists were you tapping into? Were they the normal, like, absentee and vacant and I, I think this one
0: like so for texting you want to have big lists because you can finish a list in like a week so I was pulling really big lists I was doing high equity for this one
1: high equity okay which is a massive list because yeah you know what were you doing what 70 percent or 60 percent equity or yeah, honestly 40%? I do 45%
0: 45 percent, 45
1: so 45 yeah. percent in equity and then uh yeah so that that list can be big right Um, Yeah. Not the best list because it doesn't necessarily mean there's any motivation. Yeah. Right. But still, that's work and you were working it. Okay, so you're sending text to a high equity list Mm -hmm. and then you're spending all this time responding, trying to work from cold leads to a warm lead to a phone Mm -hmm. call. Right.
0: Yeah. So I was just going crazy. I think that month I sent like 30,000 messages. So basically it was about like 25 to 30 leads that I had texted and I came across this lady and she was just very straight up. She said, I want this amount. Um, I want to move in 30 days. And I was like, okay, you know, too good to be true. (laughs) So I immediately told her, you know, let's get on the phone. I, I would love to talk to you. I would love to see what we can do. I didn't agree with the offer right away. I just said, let's, let's talk. And I got her on the phone. We started talking. She was really nice. She was very motivated. And, you know, I was already shaking in my boots. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, this could be another deal. Is this real? So, you know, when when it gets like that, you know, your voice starts to crack a little bit, you get nervous, (laughs) you start to stutter. And I was just all over the place. Um, But then I told her, you know, she gave me a price and I ran that price with my partner real quick. I just texted him. He said, yeah, you know, that price would work if it's in decent condition It doesn't need, you know, a, a full rehab or anything like that. And so I scheduled the appointment on that first call. And then my partner, um, Alan, he just went out there. He checked it out. And that was really a smooth deal. He just got it under contract at the house. Um, we didn't do much back and forth. She was just pretty re- ready to sell. And then we got it under contract. And I pretty much once we, he got it under contract at, the, at her house, because she wasn't really that comfortable with uh, electronic signature. Was she living so, there? Was it a homeowner? Yeah, she was living in there. Okay. She was just planning to move on to a bigger house. So she didn't really want that house anymore. Um, you know, I did try to negotiate with her. Uh, I did try to lowball her a little bit, but she wasn't. She was stuck on her price at and that 245 con-
1: 245 So you got the contract at 245 And in this case, you had your dispo guy uh, go and look at it, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of cool, too, because when you're virtual... Part of one of the benefits of dispo being on the ground is they can they're kind of there, so Mm -hmm. you need them to drive by or do a walkthrough or meet somebody. They're you know depending on your arrangement, but they can be open to doing that, which is really nice (laughs) because now you don't have to be there, and yet you've got I call it boots on the ground, someone local that can go and meet at the seller at the house, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, at the beginning, I was texting offers. Like if people would say, oh, I'm interested, I would just give them an offer right away. But, you know, I learned the hard way that that's not really the best way to do it, because as soon as you give them your offer, they kind of just disappear on you. They just see you as a price, a low price. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I do now is I don't give them the offer through text. I call them and I find really the motivation. And then I'll give kind of an idea if they're really pushing me. Um, But I usually try to like volley that as much as I can, like just try to ask different ways to get the price out of them first. And if I really can't, then I'll give them an estimate, which is usually going to be very low, because even if they say no, I'm still going to call them back in the future and still, you know, try to make something work because I could always come back up from that low price, but I can never come back down from a high price.
1: So, Natalie, let me touch on a couple of things you just said there, I think, are very relevant you always wanna get the seller to name the price first. Uh, You know, the the old proverb is, he who names the price first loses, right? Because um, you never know, maybe the number they want is much lower than you're willing to pay. So you do your very Mm -hmm. best. Some sellers know that as well. So they want you to name the price first. And if you can't seem to get them to give you their number, then at some point you've gotta just give a number and then go from there. But the idea there is, you know, tr- keep coaxing that seller. Try to figure out what number they want, and then you can work from there. Um, like you said, always go low. In fact, your offers should be ridiculously low. If most of your offers are not offensive, you're probably not offering low enough, right? Like, yeah, if you're not getting is. cursed
0: out enough, yeah, you know what I mean, you're not doing something right. <laughs> right. If you're
1: not getting cursed out every day, you're doing something wrong. Um, so in your case, on this deal, you got it at two forty five, and um, and you actually had your dispo partner get the signed contract in person at her house when he did the walkthrough. Correct.
0: Yeah. OK,
1: great. So you got it for two forty five and then you assigned it for two sixty seven. Yeah. And you know much about the buyer. Where'd your where'd your dispo guy find this buyer?
0: Um well my partner, his name is Alan. He's been wholesaling for like I think more than five years. So he already has connections with people. I think it didn't even take him long to find a buyer. He told yeah. me he had a buyer in like the next day.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: I was like, okay, you got okay, it. Then. sweet. Go ahead.
1: Good. So he had a buyer on his list. He knew was the right buyer for that property. They took it for 267. Was it a flipper, do you know, or was it a rehab? Yeah, no, it it was, oh, a,
0: it was a flipper.
1: Okay. So then they went in there and did their thing and sold it for whatever. OK, and um, I
0: think they sold it for like three hundred thirty around there. Last time I checked.
1: Gotcha. Smooth deal like this is uh this is like the dream deal. Everything goes right. Unfortunately, they don't all go that way. I wish. They yeah,
0: <laughs> they usually but never go this way.
1: No, usually there's some t- title hiccups or whatever kind of issues are going on. But but that's normal. Like you got to be able to plow through some of those obstacles that happen. What are some of the biggest obstacles that you've run into as you've been doing acquisitions? What are some of the challenges you face?
0: One of the biggest challenges that I faced when I was acquisitioning that had that actually made a deal fall through was that I didn't know that we had to verify that the owner had like a lease or proof of the lease. Mm. So there was a tenant living in there. I think they were month to month, but the, no, they were month to month and the seller had actually lost the lease. And I never thought to ask. I never questioned it. I never brought it up. We were, I think, a week away from closing. And um, Alan was telling me, "Okay, we need proof of the lease. And then I'm like, oh, oh, okay." So I go ask the seller and the seller says, you know, we never mentioned this. The lease is lost. The tenant's been here for 20 years, you know. I don't have any proof of this lease. And I'm like, okay. Then I tell Alan and Alan okay. tells me that the buyer is going to back out. Yeah. And I'm like, what? We're like literally a week away from closing. Yeah. So I'm trying to make everything work. Um, I had to get an affidavit lease, something like that. I had to send the tenant to go to the title company to sign the affidavit. And there was a big miscommunication. I, I told her to go in there to sign a document to kind of make up for the lease. Cause that's what I thought it was. But when she got there, she started yelling at me and freaking out. She's like, oh, you're trying to kick me out, trying to kick me out. I'm not signing this. And then the deal just fell through.
1: Yeah, great lesson. Though I mean, what's cool, though, Natalie, is uh, as you're in the trenches, in the field, pounding the pavement, doing the business, you're just going to gain so much experience because you're going to run into things you've never seen before. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And be better for it. So let me ask you, Natalie. You're doing a lot of texting. Is texting still your primary method for marketing?
0: Yeah, it is. I just have okay. a different platform that I use now because I was using Batch for texting, mm-hmm. but they don't have the automations nowhere even close to REI Reply, which is what I'm using now.
1: Okay. And there was a question here in the chat. What's uh? What's some of the things that you like to say in your text? Your like your initial text, your cold texting. What are what are some of your
0: phrases you like? Um. So, damn, I don't know any of the top of my head because I okay. change them every single week. I'm okay. doing something every, a new template every single week. I have 12 templates every week that, that are completely different. And I can't use like cash offer, interested buyer. Um,
1: yeah, those are flagged.
0: Quick, yeah. close. Yeah, I can't use those because then, you know, I pay for the text, but the seller will never get it because the carrier will block it. Yes. So I'll use something creative like, uh, did you have... Like, um, let me see what I, would you be interested in a, in a lump sum for the property? Um, yeah. did you have any yeah. plans for a buyout deal? Like it just There's sounds like ways creative, of saying this, the same thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And one thing I like about what you said is, uh, we, what you always want to do is ask a question because then that kind of starts a conversation. Um, now you're going to get a lot of, a lot of dumb responses or not motivated responses or whatever, but, but, um that also can stay under the radar with some of the spamming too is by asking a question rather than like a statement. So,
0: um, yeah. So for texting, what I like to do, obviously is change my templates mm-hmm. and I like to give them a full week to respond. So a lot of people that are texting, they like to spam. So they'll text today and then tomorrow and then the day after and the day after like a follow-up message. And I don't do that. Cause I've seen that it doesn't work. It's better to text once, wait a whole week, to see if they actually were going to respond, and then you'll send another follow-up message, and then but it's pretty automated. Like I just put it on the timer; it goes yeah. off automatically. It goes now, and then another one in seven days, and then another one in seven days, and another one in seven days. Great. And if yeah. they don't answer, they'll be put into my pipeline where where it'll say these people didn't respond for the month of September, or they didn't respond for the month of August, and typically. What I've realized is people that don't answer, it doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't get your message. It just means that they're probably not interested. They're just ignoring you because they're not interested. Because if someone genuinely wanted to sell their house, they would answer your first message. There would no, there's no need to be texting six, seven times in a month. Yeah, yeah. When if they really were interested, they would pick up the first call or the first text on, on just anyone asking if they're interested. Because yeah, my text re- messages re- are re- pretty nice. clear. Like I'm very clear of what I'm asking for, like buy out deal, lump sum. Um, Want to talk about what deal we could put together for this house. Like it's yeah. very straightforward. So if they ignore it, I'm not going to be. After those three follow-up yeah. attempts, I'm going to just let it go. Probably wait. I'll probably wait like 60 days before I reach back out. Cause I can already tell they're not interested since they're ignoring me.
1: Yeah. Great tips. And that'll save you a lot on blasting somebody so many messages in a short period of time. So love that. Great. Some good tips there. So to wrap up, Natalie, um, what is uh, the number one piece of advice you could give somebody that's brand new working on their first deal?
0: So what I would say, if you're brand new, um, I think the best thing that you can do to do yourself a favor is just really sit down and figure out your budget. Cause I feel like a lot of people are, you know, soaking up a lot of information. They're seeing, you know, Facebook ads, you could do direct mail, you could call, you could do all this other stuff. And I think at the end of the day, it really just depends on your budget. And by budget, I mean like a set amount that you can spend every single month, or even if you don't have any budget, it's better to be straight up and honest with yourself. That way you have an exact plan. Cause I see, I've talked to so many people that tell me, oh, I have $500 to spend this month. But then the next month comes around and they don't even have that money. Then they got to figure out what they're going to do. So Mm -hmm. it's better to have a set budget that, you know, you can spend every single month, whether it's no money, whether it's a couple hundred, maybe you could get a dollar or maybe you're just going to have to do it the freeway. At least you'll have a plan. You'll get those free lists from the courthouse, from the utilities, from the fire department and just hand out them on your cell phone. You can even skip trace for free. So at the end of the day, it just really depends on your budget, like how much money do you have to spend? And it only hurts you in the long run if you lie to yourself telling yourself, yeah, I have all this money to spend. When in reality, you're not going to have that. You're not going to have that the next month or the following month. So I think that's very crucial. I've been telling a lot of people that, you know, reach out to me that, hey, if you have no budget, just be honest and work with what you got. But if you lie to yourself, it's going to hurt you. It's so bad. It's going to affect you because you're going to be listening to someone that's telling you send a thousand messages a day when you don't even have that budget to begin with, when you should have a different plan that you should be taking.
1: Love that. Or even even, um, on market, you know, working through agents because that's. Yes. Uh, Calling what I like to do. What I did for a long time for free was I called tired landlords on Craigslist. They weren't even tired landlords. They were just landlords advertising for rent. And I would call because I know they're in pain because their property's vacant and they're trying to rent it out again. And I would call and I'd say, hey, I'm not a tenant, but are you interested in selling? And I'd get all kinds of deals and it was free. It was just calling for yeah. sale, calling uh, for rents on Craigslist. You know, there's so many free things you can do. But what Natalie's saying is be real with where you're at. And I love that advice because I think it's better to be honest with yourself and say, I've got a budget of a hundred dollars a month for right now, but I'm going to do something consistent. So I don't mm-hmm. care if if you do, if you spend a hundred dollars a month on direct mail, but you actually do it consistently every month, you're going to get a deal a whole lot faster than someone that says, I'm going to throw a thousand bucks this month. And then nothing for four months or five months, a thousand bucks over at this thing and $500 over at this thing, because inconsistent in this business doesn't really produce results. It's gotta be on a consistent basis because most of your wins are in the follow-up. Awesome. Well, Natalie, love the things you shared with us. Fantastic. Good for you. Um, You're a flipping genius, Natalie. Guys, leave a comment and say, Natalie, you're a flipping genius. (laughs) Great job on your deal, 22000 and and now building your business, being being consistent with it. Uh, It's going to be exciting, Natalie. I'd love to be a part of your journey. So please keep in touch with me. I want to know where you're at a year from now and as you build your business and progress because it's really exciting to see what you're doing and where you're going with things so good. thank pre- you
0: Jerry and I mean I've been looking up to you for a long long time man I, thank I you. feel like I know you and we've never <laughs> talked before because I just I've been watching your videos I didn't even watch Netflix for a full year you know
1: so that means you're um, doing it right